Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and uh, I figured out why they changed the name to the Guardians in Cleveland. Guardians, okay. We're going to follow up on that. And I am the Champ, and I'm going to quote Don Baylor. Don Baylor said, I'm going to try and enjoy the All-Star break. Hope my players reflect on what happened the first half of the season. Come back with a different attitude. Try to find our solution on how to win it. Okay. Okay, I'm guessing that's when he was in Colorado. Yeah, and I'm sure they probably finished last place, so it's probably not a good sign for me. Like, did he make the? Did he? No, he didn't make the playoffs with Colorado, but he had. He was probably over 500 at some point. That's a great question. You know what? I don't know much about I'm, his. I'm uh, looking it up. Manage, managing career. While we're looking it up, while we're looking it up, let's let's talk about let's talk about your trip to Cleveland and. Um, about this guardian statement. Yeah, so y- you were right. There are two guardians. Wait, 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 wait. Can you say that again? You were correct. I haven't heard that since, I'm, since my, I have stopped working. You were correct. There you go. <laughs> uh, there are two guardians that uh, are, that are on a bridge crossing into the to the stadium area, um, and it's they look like their their emblem on their on their jerseys and you know what i mean all their paraphernalia so okay now there's a few bridges in cleveland because that river kind of winds through it but right. um yeah the bridge that leads to the stadium area has the guardians on it so i i get it now i get why they did it but i will tell you that at least 50 percent of the people had indian stuff on and I think it's because they were jerseys and they weren't getting rid of them just because of that. Did you take a picture of the Guardian on the bridge? I didn't because I was driving. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that probably makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so just it's a thought. And, I, you know, we saw the White Sox out there. And I, I actually, you, you had me doing some work for you while I was out there. Yes. So I had asked you just to kind of set this up. Um, in the Rep League, uh, I had – Two players in, uh, that were playing in that series, uh, Josh Naylor and Eloy Jimenez, who was back from an extended uh, IL trip, and you were going to do a little bit of research. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so let's start with Eloy Jimenez. Uh, this would be part of my walk-off, but he is a giant. That dude's big, man. Like I knew he was big on TV, but when I saw him, he, he's a big cat. Uh, he looks a little tight up there. Uh, and th- this is this was probably a little frustrating if you're Tony Larusa or if you're owner of Eloy Jimenez in a fantasy league. He takes some balls and he hits them like a rocket. Of course, some of them may be foul or they get caught, but he hits some balls like a rocket. And then he has some at bats where he checks swings and hits a three hopper to the first baseman. So. It, it's a little frustrating, so he, he might not be real comfortable uh, uh, with different pitches. And he's, it, to me, it looks like he's guessing. Like when you see that stuff happening, when you hit a really hard, hard foul ball into the left of the foul pole, you guess okay. fastball and you were a little early. You get caught with a check swing nubber. You, you guessed wrong. So um, that's what it looks like to me. He's guessing up there a little bit, but once if if he figures it out, I think he's he's gonna he's a five tool player. Yeah, 
he's really solid if he figures it out. Is that your experience with him since you've owned him? Um, well, I, I just picked him up okay. off the, the, the IL, and I, I guess I just need to know, really, um, I, I guess I'll hang on to him the rest of the season. There's no reason, there's, there's no glaring weaknesses that I should drop him, right? Just sit tight is what you're telling me? Yeah, you'll have good weeks and have bad weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about Josh Naylor? Uh, Naylor, a little more polished. Uh, I think I typed in there, he's busy in the box. A lot of movement, a lot of hand movement. Um, and I think he probably goes through periods where he um, pops up a lot, rolls over on pitches because he's way he, – he's just real fidgety up there. Uh, he had two good at-bats. He's got a good eye. He, I think he walked once. He he um, he took some pitches. He's not afraid to take pitches and hit with two strikes. So he's – He's probably a little better. I don't think he's going to be any more than a twenty seventy five guy. Interestingly enough, he seems like he's been around forever, right? Because his first his first major league uh, season was two thousand nineteen. He's only twenty five years old. Yeah, he was a uh, yeah he he was a Padre, I think. Yes. And he, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he was in the Bauer deal or the Clevenger deal, but yeah, he was in one of them. Yeah. All right. Him and Fran Mil Reyes, who's another giant. That dude's big. Yeah, he is. He is. Hey, can we can we go off topic for a second here? Because I didn't put this in here, but you had asked me to do a little bit of research or or watch O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. Um, I had seen him. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. It just so happened there was a day game uh, that the Pirates were playing against the uh, the Marlins, and I watched him. Uh, let's see who was pitching that game. Uh, oh, Braxton Garrett. That was the game that Garrett had. Uh, 11 strikeouts. Um, it, it looks like O'Neill Cruz has trouble with left-handers because he struck out three times uh, in that game. He struck out three times, twice against Garrett, once against uh, Blyer. I always want to call Blyer Rocky Blyer, but I guess it's Richard Blyer. Okay. And uh, looks like he still has a little bit of uh, trouble with, with left-handers, right? He has that long swing, yeah. and they all kind of pitch him the same way, the, yeah. the fastball in and then the breaking stuff away. And looks like he still struggles um, with that, and uh, looks like he has some work to do there. I, I did see one of his throws from uh, from shortstop. I'm like, yeah, oh, he's taking a little bit of time. And then, man, he has an arm. Yeah, yeah. So he's got to probably stop that. You know what I mean? But it probably take you know, it it it's to get a six seven guy to change direction. It's probably not the easiest thing to do. So, so get this. First of all, if I had an arm like that, I'd be showing it off too. You know, I'd be waiting <laughs> on everything and just, yeah, just. Through. But uh, the Cardinals have a guy in their farm system, Mason Wynn, um, that has purportedly thrown a ball from shortstop at over 100 miles an hour, 100.4. I saw it this morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and he he when they drafted him was it two years ago? Um, he was a two way player, and Cardinals seemed to like him so. I don't know all these guys that can throw 100 miles an hour from the infield. <laughs> I know it when when I've seen Cruz do that, it reminded me of Sean Dunstan because Dunstan would do that too. Yeah, 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 exactly. Good, good, good comp. Yeah, he would he would leisurely go in the hole, and he wouldn't backhand it; he'd circle it and then take a crow hop and then fire a rocket over there. Um, okay, yeah. Look so, him if you got him. Uh, so you understand my the pi- the Pirates' concern with Cruz. But, I see it. Yeah, he can steal bases and he can hit homers and he he can do everything. It's just he's got to figure some stuff out and that that's what I brought up last week about 
you know, you hit 200 August, September, no big deal. But now you got to go three months and do it. It, it you know, it's going to be a little strain mentally. So we'll see how tough he is to get through this. It's not like no middle infielders ever struggled with this. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Right. There's a lot of people. Ozzie Smith did it for like three and a half years. So. Here, um, here's a possible comp. And um, I guess for Pirates fans, we're hoping not. But Gregory Polanco. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always I, I look at Polanco too when I see him. And the the guy the Phillies had, uh, the right fielder, Dominic Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I think he's a better hitter than Brown, but he's well and he can play shortstop, so you kinda eat his uh and he just gotta stop striking out. Just figure out a way to put them all in play. Even if you hit two hundred, you cut down on your strikeouts, you you, you start building confidence. Well, anyway, uh, I looked up Don Baylor. He did make the playoffs once with the Rockies in 95. I forgot about that. The first year they expanded the playoffs. Um, and then he had winning records in 96 and 97 with the Rockies, and he had a winning record with the Cubs. I forgot he managed the Cubs in 2001. So. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I see that here. So, yeah, Nine I, years, yeah. I forgot he, he made the playoffs in his third year with, with Colorado. I wonder if that was the year. Hopefully. All right. So hopefully there's 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 hope for me. All right, let's press on. Okay. We're gonna talk about me. Okay. Um all right, let's get into the fab review. Light week again, seven players, five owners, low dollar values. Uh we had we'll 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 get into it. Uh we'll start with the Sewerhawks. I thought about this guy, Mike Soroka. Picked up for a dollar, drops Hunter Strickland. I, I think people have them on the list. They're just not sure when to execute. And, you know, Bob's, Bob's first to the party. So well, good for him. I guess you get him early, you get him cheaper. You just got yeah. to hang tight. Yeah. Uh, Hawks also picked up Jose Alvarado for a dollar because uh, Tyler Rainey's out for the year, it looks like. Yeah. Can we go to you next? Because that was an interesting drop by you at that timing. I know. Do you see that? I know. Um, I didn't pick up Rainey on the IL until Sunday morning. Um, yeah, I, Finnegan was getting beat up a little bit. So I, I just needed someone to stop getting beat up. I got other guys to get beat up. I, <laughs> I, need, I need a guy that doesn't give up a lot of runs sometimes. So actually, that, that may be a problem. So he's stepping in as the closer now. So Yeah, well, it, that, that could be just temporary. Who knows with the, uh, with the national. Yeah. Um, Bearcats pick up. Was that all for the Seahawks? Yeah, Bearcats pick up Cal Mitchell. Yeah, the Pirates. One of the they, you know I always tease the Giants that they got a bunch of outfielders. So the Pirates, they got a bunch of people roaming that outfield as well. Uh, Bearcats also pick up Joey Bart. I guess he's back up. Yeah, good pickup by him because I was thinking about that and I then I just had forgotten about it um, when. Fab came around and then remembered once Tom picked him up. So good for the Bearcats. And then the Lakers, I, I put a bid in for this guy, uh, Evan Phillips. Yeah, me too. For five bucks. Just got outbid. Yeah, and um, Statman pick up Robinson Cano back in the league. Ba- back in both leagues. Is, both the is, is, he back? Is, he, is he back with the Braves? I don't know if he's back with the Braves. Yeah, he was on the bench on Friday, so he's on the team. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And he dropped uh, Madri, the pirate guy that got off to a red-hot start. And 
another outfielder. Um, man, they're just cycling through. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are, man. Um, but that's it. So other than the two five dollar players, we we got to be getting close here. So going into the trade deadline, Ducks have eighty five. Lakers have fifty five. Got a couple people bunched up in the thirties. The dudes have fifty four. Yeah. Oh, dudes have fifty four. I didn't see that. Up. Yeah, I had to scroll down. Sorry. And then thirty nine, thirty three, and thirty ones. And the Rebs got forty four. All right. So the Ducks are sitting, kind of waiting, and we'll see what happens at the trade line, trade deadline. Um. The the two pitchers that were kicked around, I think. I don't know if they're on the DL, but I think that Montoyas, Montas, the guy from Oakland. Oh, Frankie Montas. Yeah, uh, no, he's not on the IL. No. Um, but I don't know what I, I think Oakland's playing some some games um, because he he is day to day. He's been day to day for two weeks, and yeah. I'm just not sure why they didn't place him on the IL. And I think it probably has to do with his trade and trade value um, at this point. Because he was supposed to start this weekend and didn't make a start. So I am guess they're hoping now that he can get a start, a couple starts in before the uh, the trading deadline. Uh, yeah, maybe they're just close, shutting down for the, um, yeah, until after the All-Star break. But, yeah, you lose a roster spot when you do that, but whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it doesn't really it matter, doesn't matter. In, in, yeah. in, in Oakland. No, it, it doesn't. All right. Um, then you got the standings review. Uh, dude's sitting up top at 70 and a half. Lakers at 67. And we'll talk about him because he had a rough offensive week. Sewerhawk, Statman, and Ducks round out the top five. Auditors, uh, you're still in the 50s, so you still got a shot here. To, Barely. Uh, Bearcats and the Roosters at 46. Bulls at 44 and a half. And Rebs at 44. Um, so... Uh, the dudes having some pretty good pitching weeks, uh, you know, as his pitching starting to kind of bounce out a little bit. Uh, as you, you talked about, you want to uh, you want to get into the you're going to do the bottom half this week. Yeah, let's let's start with your team, uh, Roosters. Looks like uh, the Juan Soto trade is already paying some dividends, right? Five runs this week, three homers, six RBIs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, nice, nice week by by him. You got to be happy with that. And, you, and your boy Austin Slater with six runs scored. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing a lot out there. Uh, maybe they're trying to showcase him. There you go. Um, on on the uh, the pitching side, uh, you didn't have a whole lot going on. Um, it was nice to see Ian Anderson get another win um, for yeah. you, but you only had twenty four strikeouts this past week. What's going on with the pitching staff? They don't pitch enough innings. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and their their K per nine is really low. Um, jumping to the Bulls, um, nice offensive week by the Bulls because they had uh, the most runs, the power categories, runs, home runs, and RBIs for the week at 43, 14, and 39, respectively. Charlie Blackman um, quietly had a nice week, uh, five runs, eight RBIs this past week. Jake Cronenworth um, starting to come back uh, um, from his slow start, seven runs. And uh, Frankie Lindor, six RBIs this this, this past week. Um, the, the the Bulls um, pitching staff, his his relievers, um, Robertson, Floro, uh, Dominguez, 
uh, and and Sarder Wainwright um, all had ERAs that had no ERA, if you will. So the Bulls are doing some some nice things uh, recently, trying to dig their way out of uh, last place, and I'm trying to dig my way out of last place in the uh, or first place in the Golden Monkey Award. <laughs> so keep it up, Bob. Bearcats this week. Um, did you see this? Brandon Nimmo, 10 runs scored in the week. Yeah, I did notice that. That's that's unbelievable because the Lakers only had 16 total for the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bearcats pitching, no wins this week and five saves. Typical Bearcat week, right? 5.52 ERA. Um, it's going to hold him back. Um, in terms of trying to make a run to the uh, the upper half or at least into the 50s. Uh, the Rebs, the Rebs win the Paradoxical Award this week because they had the highest OPS uh, this week at 800, but only had but had the least amount of home runs with five and least amount of RBIs at 20. You find that strange? Uh, say that again. They had the highest OPS but had the least amount of home runs. Yeah. Yeah, that's happened to me before, too. It's I, yeah. I do find it strange. Um, nice week by uh, Michaelis. Uh, he was the number one ranked player for the week with two wins, um, 1.26 ERA, and a .7 whip in, in two starts. Um, he's kind of – him and uh, – him, him and uh, Wainwright are kind of holding that pitching staff together, that and some, some glue and some tape. Uh, for the Cardinals. And then last and least is my team. Um, the least amount of at-bats. All of a sudden, since Bryce Harper injury, nobody's playing anymore. Uh, no stolen bases this week. Josh Hader blew up this week. Two losses, 60.75 DRA, and a six whip. So been a, it was a, it's been a great couple weeks. Yeah, maybe the, the all-star break would be nice for him. Just kind of take a break. Did he pitch yesterday? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he pitched yesterday. Um, that's a great question. I'll have to take a look. Because hopefully he pitched um, yesterday, then he won't He won't even pitch in the All-Star game unless they absolutely need him. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. Well, we're going to turn things around the second half. That's what the quote was about with Don Baylor. Okay. okay. What do you have with the top, top half? All right, so we're going to start with the Ducks. Um, his, his offense – he had a pre, which is the not the best part of his team had it was kind of middle of the road with 30 but his best part of the team is that pitching and and it struggled a little bit um you know the guy we always say hey guess who got a win well he didn't get a win but he had 12 k's in his start um alcantara uh clevenger had two losses uh, ashby had a loss bednar blew a save and had a loss and our man spencer strider had a loss. He pitched eight innings and in, in two starts and had 12 Ks, but had that six ERA. So um, did get two wins out of Manaya, which is nice. And uh, I, I don't know why. I, I'm curious as to why he's not uh, throwing Brubaker because Brubes has been pitching well lately. And I'm talking about the, probably the last month, I think. Hmm. Yeah, he gets, he's got that spot with uh, Andrew Heaney there. Yeah. Um, offensively, he's he's got guys that's still hitting under 200, you know, for the week. And he, I think he had five guys last week. 
Uh, Hunter Refro came back, didn't really do much, but at least he's back. Uh, I, I wonder if he's concerned if Josh Bell gets traded. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's, it is a concern. And maybe that's why he's kind of sitting and waiting and not dealing people until he gets through the trade deadline to see if, you know, hey, is it worth giving up people that if I can't do anything anyway? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, moving on to the Statman. Um, big week on the RBI side by Jose Iglesias. A little shortstop. Wow! Eleven. Wow! Eleven ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow! That's yeah. gonna be a that's gonna be a year's worth for him. <laughs> it's certainly a month's worth. Uh, he so he knocked that out in a week, and that was on nine hits. So he was hitting uh, with guys on scoring position. And he was hitting effectively. He got he's got B Reynolds on the IL, um, probably back at the All Star break because I'm sure they want to get him on the field again in case they're going to trade him. Um. On the pitching side, the worst player in the Bush League, uh, how do you say his name? Herman, Herman Marquez? Yeah. Pitched well this week. 2.70 ERA. So, he, you know, he heard you ragging on him. There you go. And he, he there came you back go. with a good start. Uh, Julio Urias got a win, still pitching well. And then uh, Eddie Diaz has two saves along with Gallegos. And... Uh, rough week from Jose Quintana, which I'm sure the Pirates are not wanting to see. Right. Um, you know, they, they want to see good starts out of that guy. Um, and then it, it, here's the guy I, I, I like. I don't know if I like him as a fantasy player, but I think if he was in your organization, I think he's a good pitcher. Is this uh, Espino from Washington. Okay. Uh, he had pitched five innings, had five Ks. He had a five ERA, but he had one one two whip. So guys aren't aren't getting on, but the guys that do get on seem to score. But um, I, I I think he's a decent pitcher. I, I think he's he's going to be okay. Um, and then God yeah, couple, yeah, couple things. I don't yeah. think I don't think uh, um, Statman have Espino up. They don't. And no. uh, yeah, but and I want to talk about Gonsolin when you're done there. Yeah, and then Gonsolin had a good start. Uh, didn't get the win. Had six Ks, one walk. That had a nine At- ERA though. Actually, he did not have a good start. Um, pre- previous to this, I don't think he's given up more than two earned runs in any of his previous starts. And the Cardinals, Cardinals um, got to him yeah. for five earnings in five innings and looked like he was going to lose. Um, Cardinals were up 6 nothing. I went to bed, found out the next day the Cardinals lost 7-6 to the oh, Dodgers. Oh, so he was that game. Okay. Yeah. All right, I got it. <laughs> That's heartbreaking, man. Jeez. How does that happen? Uh, I have no idea. Well, well, you would know better than me. Yeah. <laughs> moving, moving to the Hawks, uh, Matt Olson, who had 11 ribs, but that sounds normal rather than Jose Iglesias. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. More homers. Mm. Um, not much activity other than Matt Olson on the offensive side. Um, moving to the, moving to the pitching side, uh, Aaron Nola had a kind of two – he had two starts, 17 Ks. That's pretty good with an under one whip. Uh, Carrasco got another win for him, didn't give up any runs. Uh, that Nick Lodolo, was he part of that Cardinals series? Yeah, he got beat up. Yeah, yeah, Cardinals hit him around pretty good Yeah, Morton, on Saturday. Morton got touched up a little bit, got a save from Alvarado. I don't know if he – no, he wasn't in his roster, but um, – yeah. 
So he kind of holds holds steady. Not a lot of depth on the pitching side, though. He's got Kyle Hendricks and Soroka both on the IL. So if someone goes down, he's just going to have to eat the innings. Um, and then, you know, also, you know, we always forget about this, but waiting in the wings coming back in August is Fernando Tatis. Yeah, possibly. I guess at some point. And they're, I guess they, they have him working out in the outfield, which seems to make more sense, right? Uh, yeah, as long as he doesn't run into any walls. Mm. Uh, moving on to the Lakers. Um, struggled offensively. Not really n- nothing going on here. Uh, it looks like, is Bader about to come back after the All-Star? Uh, I would hope so, but it's that plantar fasciitis, which that seems to be a, a really tricky thing. Um so I, I, I'm, I'm thinking for the Lakers' sake, he hopes so. But he isn't he comfortable, more comfortable in second place than first? <laughs> I don't know if he's comfortable, but yeah. Mm. Um, so his hope is Bader comes back, uh, you know, by August 1st, and then Chris Taylor comes back by August 1st because he's missed Taylor for most of the season. Um, on the pitching side, still pretty solid. Merrill Kelly got two wins this week. Freed gets a win. Anderson gets a win, who I think made the all-star team as well. Yeah, he did. Did he? Um, I, th- I believe he did, yeah. Yeah, Wheeler got touched up a little bit. I think that was against Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. And then our man, who we always talk about every week, and he's got a really good pitching staff, but we seem to bring A.J. Minner's name up uh, each week, and he, he knocked out two saves. So, yeah, what a nice pickup by, by him. Him and, you know – if I look at the teams right now that are in the top, the Hawks, um, the Dudes, and the Lakers, they, they, they've done a really good job either uh, trading and or fab. And, and that's why these guys are in the top three. Yeah. And looks like Goldschmidt's cooling a little bit. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but that's a middle-of-the-year type thing. So and it'd be nice to get a break for these guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the only remember I I talked about last week that looks like Real Muto is waking up a little bit. He hit five thirty three, but only had three ribs. So um, not sure what's the reason behind that. Maybe just not guys on. I don't I don't know. But it, at least you at least he's putting the ball in play and and, and getting on base and and getting hits. Um, and then lastly with the dudes, uh, good week of Trey Turner. He had he had three homers this week. Uh, Willie Adamas hits two homers. You know, Ian Happ continues to play well, but, you know, uh, his name has popped up in uh, trade talks. Did you Have you seen this? Whoa, who, who's that, Ian Happ? Yep. Really? Yeah. Wow, no, I didn't. And, and I would, I guess I'm kind of shocked by that. Well, tell me, tell me what you heard. Uh, the Astros seem to be involved with this guy. And another American League team, and it escapes me. But I did see the Astro article, which okay. would be a would, would be a nice piece for them. All right, so so I, I guess they have some that, I guess from a, from a contract standpoint, it says here on Baseball Reference that Ian Happ is a free agent in 2024. Okay, so that makes a little bit more sense. I, I guess I I didn't think he was a free agent so quickly, but. He's been around since 2017. Yeah, I know. And this is his first really solid year. Consistent year. 
I would say. This is his first consistent year. Um, still got Chisholm on the IL, but probably back after the All-Star break, which would be a big help. Uh, Rendon, what's going on with him? He's going to miss a start. They'll sit him out for the All-Star break and maybe the rest of the week. Um, yeah, I want to say it's a blister or something like okay. that. Okay, all right. Uh, Nothing to worry about. Nothing to fret about. And uh, Canley Jensen came back and uh, knocked out two saves. So Yeah. Um, so he's sitting pretty good. Uh, Ranger Suarez actually pitched well for him, but um, he, he didn't have him up. Uh, I see Steven Matz is back in the rotation. He was going to pitch yesterday, but the, the game got rained out. So the Cardinals have to wait until after the All-Star break uh, for Matt. Okay, but he, he, he the plan is to get him back in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, and uh, Schwarber cool, Kyle Schwarber cooled a little bit. He realized it's July now. He had 20, yeah, exactly. 25 at-bats, 14 strikeouts. <laughs> Hit 0-4-0. Zero, zero. Uh, so there's your top half, bottom half. Still a lot of time, um, and then we'll we'll see at the trade deadline in the next couple of weeks. We'll see if there's any movement and see if guys can make a move. Yeah. So so next week, I think what we're gonna do, um, since it's a short week because of the All Star break, um, instead of going through top half, bottom half review, um, you and I are gonna talk about the best auction day picks, and that can be however we want to define it. So um, we'll take a look at, at that for next week's podcast. So uh, and we didn't talk about this prior, but uh, the best auction day. So I'm going to look at anybody that was selected auction or anybody selected at the draft. Not I'm, I'm, I'm excluding retention players. Me too. Okay. Me too. Yep. Good enough. And how we define best is, is our own. And then we'll yep. compare. All right, uh, text talk. Real Muto ineligible for Toronto series. I was a little annoyed by that. Um, you brought that up. Talk to me about that. Well, I mean, I get the whole stance and yada, yada, yada. But if it's a World Series, we'll see what kind of stance these guys have. If it's a World Series, you know, your teammates don't care if it's two games in July. If it's games three, four, and five in the series, I could guarantee you they care. Help, help me out, okay? Because I, I, I won't even go that far um, in terms of acceptance. Um, why do you say you understand um, these guys? Because I, I don't know if I do. Well, no, I understand that a teammate would not get upset about, oh. about two games in July. I, I get um, that. I, okay, so so let's 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 do this right now. What the Phillies are a half game back of the Cardinals in the wild card. Yeah, they got Something a game like in hand. Yep. So, 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 what happens if that holds through the entire year, mm, and the, the Phillies miss um, by a game out of the wild card, and Real Muto chose to miss those two games in Toronto, which they lost both of those, right? They did. Yeah. How do you feel about it then? I uh, yeah, but that that's a reductionist way to look at it. There's 65 more games left, and I'm sure there's there's ample opportunities to make up and. You know, you, you can't pinpoint 162 games to one. But okay, so so here's the thing. Okay, if if it's um, because of a family emergency, birth of a child, I understand missing it. An injury, I, this I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's it's a simple it's a simple choice. I I, I don't know. 
I don't know what you're trying to prove by not being vaccinated. And I guess that's more of a personal stance. Yeah, and that is, and I get everyone has an opinion. I don't care if the guy's not vaccinated, but, and again, two games in July is it's, it, it's not going to turn the season. There, yeah, but, there, but there's doesn't, games... it reek? doesn't it reek of selfishness? Well, there's a lot of things that people do that are selfish that may, may or may not cause a game. Well, not, not only are you affecting your teammates, but you're affecting the overall population at large. Yeah, and that's, uh, I don't think they see it that way. But, and I'm, I'm not debating that. I'm just debating that if it's games three, four, and five in Toronto, you better get in line to get the shot. Like, I'm not accepting that. Yeah. So here's what's interesting, right? Because right after the uh, Phillies went in Toronto, the Royals went into Toronto. And I don't know how many players the Phillies were missing, but the Royals were missing 10 players and almost 40% of their roster. That's crazy. Uh, wasn't vaccinated. And, and, and I'm going to paraphrase here a quote by uh, um, Whit Merrifield that basically he said that if this were the um, playoffs, well, first of all, he plays for Kansas City, so there's not going to be any kind of playoffs, or there never was, um, that he would have thought differently about it. And Again, I don't understand that mindset. Either you do the right thing or you don't. To, to, to me, it's fairly binary. Yeah, no, I get how you look at it. Yeah, I, I, I don't look at it as binary unless you're, you're really affecting the organization. Yeah. So with, with 10, oh. 10 Kansas City Royals not making the trip, whatever. I'm indifferent to it. Um, so here's the interesting part, though, that, that I think you and I had assumed that these players were going to be paid, right? Because um, MLBPA is, is, the, uh, is probably the most powerful union. Um, in this article about the Royals, they talked about the Royals will forfeit four days' pay so that players like uh, uh, Andrew Benatendi, uh, was losing 186,000. Merrifield 153,000. Brad Keller 106,000. Um, and and Dozier and uh, Michael Taylor were losing 99,000. They're not being able to play. Yeah, they're I'm, not playing. Excuse I'm okay me. with that. Yeah, I am too. I, I just assumed that they would get paid. Yeah, I, I I thought they would too, but it must have been a type of thing of like, hey, you don't. We're not going to force you, but you. There's certain things you if you can't go play because you're not vaccinated then you're not getting paid because we got to pay somebody else to do it yeah yeah that makes sense good with it yeah there's consequences too you know it's funny that when people take stances they want to take a stances and not be penalized for anything you know i laugh there you go yeah there you go okay uh hey we also we're going to introduce a new rule (laughs) okay and and it it's not up for a vote. It's it's being dictated, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and you're gonna have to help me with this rule of Herodotus. Herod, say it again. Say it again for me. I I, I can't say it. Um, I think you need to talk to your wife. Yeah, right. Herodotus. 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 Rule, rule of okay. Herod, Herodotus. Okay. So this is what Herodotus wrote. That the ancient Persians debated everything twice. Once when they were drunk, 
and once when they were sober. If a decision was approved, both drunk and sober, the decision held. If not, the Persian set it aside. This is our rule for our winter meetings. So we're going to vote on everything twice. I think when I'm looking up uh, Herodotus now. Yeah. And his image has a, a, a stunning likeness of the Bearcats, Tom Freeze, um, oh. because he's a, a, often asked us um, when these rules get implemented, if he's not there, he's kind of the voice of reason and we'll vote against that. Um, but I, I like this new rule. The good, good for um, just as a little bit of background, you texted me this um, and I guess uh, your wife, Christy, is the one that brought this up to you, right? She did. Yep. Yep. Wow. And then now, soon, is she reading? Is she reading like Greek philosophy, or how did she come by this? I I don't know how she come. I you know what? I don't know that. But she read it to me, and she said, "Hey, listen to this. This is funny." And I said, "Go ahead and send it to me." And um, when I read it, I, first thing I thought of was our winter meetings. Uh, yeah, that's what you can think of, right? Yeah. Um, it says here that Herodotus is undoubtedly quote the father of history. Okay. All right. Hmm. There you go, Herodotus. You're in our, you're in the annals of the Bush League for the rest of the time. And, and heretofore known as the rule of Herodotus. <laughs> Herodotus, I love it. It, it. it it speaks so clearly to our winter meetings. <laughs> clearly and not so clearly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll vote on it twice. <laughs> we agree. Oh, brother. All right. So that that's going to be in our, uh, you know, everyday vernacular. Rule yes, of Herodotus. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it will be – actually, we're, we're going to type it up as an official rule then. Yeah. Um, okay, baseball news. Hey, Charlie Matoya got fired. Hey, can I, can I just go backwards oh, for a I'm second? Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, and this is probably going to cost me, but if we were employing the rule of Herodotus, we wouldn't have the Golden Monkey Award. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Charlie Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Montoya got fired. Did that surprise you? Yeah. Maybe he's not uh, vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up his numbers. They have a really young team. You know, I don't maybe it's the maybe it's the voice in the clubhouse thing, like the guy from the Padres last year. I, I don't know. I I I, I don't follow the Blue Jays close enough to know what's going on there. I, I, I know from what I've heard is, is that they, they feel that the team is underperforming because they expected a lot more. But to your point, it is still really a, a, a very young team. And they have, they've gotten very limited production, consistent production out of George Springer. George Springer, um, Guerrero hasn't produced like he was supposed to. Um, their shortstop, and the name is escaping me right now. Um, Bichette. Bo Bichette hasn't hasn't played like he's supposed to. Kevin Biggio has just started to pick it up um, recently. So I, I don't know if you can. Well, as we've talked about, the the manager is the one that takes the fall for a lot of this, right? Well, the other thing too is if I'm the GM thinking about making a change. I mean, you're going to make a change. Your team is not. Perf- and saying that I just don't think we're playing up to the standard. And the team leading your division has 64 wins at the All-Star game. It's like, chill out, man. The, the whole the whole division is 500 or better. Yeah. You know? 
I, I, well, I mean, like you said, I don't watch them every day. Maybe it's a pitching staff thing. I, I, I don't know. And, and that's the other thing. They, they got some injuries on the pitching staff that really never. That that they're not. They're not getting the the. Like Galsman's Galsman's pitching well. He's just not getting the wins. Yeah, I know that all too well. Oh, yeah. you do. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and 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 the the, the, the probably their best pitcher so far has been uh, Alex Manoa. Yeah. Have you seen this guy pitch? I have not yet. Yeah. Damn, he's in the body type of a of a Lance Lynn type, just a just a big guy. But oh. I, I think the person that that really hurt them is, or is hurting them right now is Jose Barrios. Yeah. He he has just he has just been so bad this year. And and then Rue hasn't pitched. Yeah, yeah, and and and, uh, and Kikuchi has been hurt uh, a, a good part of the year. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be a dogfight in in that American League East, and nobody's going to pass the Yankees at this point. No, so it, no. it's fighting for a wild card spot. And I'm looking at it now, and they I, they are in the wild card spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they still are. Yeah, I mean it's it's. You know they're two games ahead of the Red Sox, so it's not solid. Um, and the Mariners are the other team, five forty-eight. So I mean they're a young team as well. So there's probably one, two, three, four teams. You include the Guardians if they add someone. Four teams that are fighting for three spots. Yeah. Right. So they're yeah. in the mix. It's not like they're underperforming and they're not in the mix. And it they play in a tough division. You know, you, you got to come to play every every night when you're playing that division. But anyway, yeah, it's a little strange. Do you know who they replaced him with? I don't even know. I I, I don't know. While you're doing that, I'm going to ask you a question though. Um, it's it, it's it's kind of a chance for us to kind of update our our midseason picks because um, when we were on the uh, the last sports podcast uh, with with Casey, we kind of gave our our picks for um, who was going to make the playoffs and. Interestingly enough, Seattle with what a twelve-game, fourteen-game winning streak. Wow, fourteen-game winning. They, they've come back from, from from the dead, and I think I had Seattle in there. Um, I, I'm going to say that. Here's my pick. You ready? Tampa is is in. I'm going to say they're going to be out. Um, Seattle, Toronto are still going to be in, and I'm going to say somehow the White Sox make it back. So it's going to be Yankees, um, Astros. Uh, and and twins as as the division winners, and then Seattle, Toronto, and the White Sox. You got a problem with that? Seattle, Toronto, and the White Sox. and the White Sox. Yep. Hmm. Um. No, I'm not okay. sure about the White Sox. I'm I'm not I'm not sure. What what makes you think their pitching is is good enough? Here's here's what I look at it, and I look at it very similar to the Cardinals that Tampa has to play a lot of games in that American League East, which is just brutal. Meanwhile, the White Sox get to feast on Kansas City and and and, and Detroit, um, just some 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 bad teams there in in the Central, and that's why I'm thinking that. Um, going to be the White Sox. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I, I think that, well, I, I haven't and seen And next year play. that's all going to change, you know that, right? Because it's, it's going to be a little bit more balanced. What do you mean? 
uh, schedules next year. Oh, yeah, There's yeah, not yeah. going to be as yeah. many, yeah, yeah, games in division. I get that. Um, I, I'm not sure the White Sox, they have some decent players. I, I, they, they remind me of the Phillies a couple years ago where they have decent players, but they just can't get it together and play consistently for 30 days. They get themselves over 500. But, yeah, I could be wrong. Uh, the the uh, White Sox or the Blue Jays hired a guy named John Schneider. John Schneider. Is he, is he the guy that was in Dukes of Hazard? No. I, he, okay. I, I went, the, I went uh, the super from one day at a time, Schneider. Oh, that's Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Yeah, with the cigarettes in his, in his sleeve, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, Juan Soto rejects a 15-year, $440 million offer from the Nats. I guess he just wants out of Washington, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, so there were some reports that this was um, a longer contract, that they were backloading this contract. Um, you know, well, with, obviously with the 15 years. Um, I, I, what else can they do as a franchise? They, the Nationals. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I got to think that that's the best offer. I, uh, that's a crazy number with a crazy amount of years, and, um, yeah, I, I, I doubt if he gets fifteen year four hundred forty million on the open market. Because he's got another uh, year. He's yeah. got another two years know. to play, right, before he hits free agency. Yeah, and and we just looked at this um, pre-show um, that his free agent year isn't until 2025, so he is arbitration eligible um, the next two years, which is going to command, you know, still going to command a pretty good salary. But if you're the Nationals, do you try and trade him? Um, I yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'll I'll listen, but I'm not going to give him away. No, right, right. I, I yeah. would think because you basically have you being the person that's that's trading for him have this year, twenty three year, twenty four yeah. year. Um, yep, you, you got two years. I, I would think you get a haul. You'd get a haul for this, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I'm not haul giving this guy away. Yeah, no way. Yep. And his agent is uh, Scott Boris. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I think you. It, de- it depends what their plan is. You know, I don't know if they have a three-year plan or a five-year plan. Washington's not a bad organization to play for. I mean, they'll spend some money, you know, w- when yeah. they're ready. So, you know, he, yeah, he, they, they need I, – I, I, I wouldn't take, like, a bunch of prospects off for this guy. You would or wouldn't? I, 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 you'd have to include some major league-ready players. Okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking that they're looking at the AAV, which is just south of 30 million a year, and they're they're whoever um, gets him in free agency, they're probably going to have to go 35 to 40 um, AAV. And he's not having a, he's not having a real good year. So I I mean I don't know what Boris is going to ask for in arbitration. He makes 17 million now. You think he'll ask for 30? Um, I, I, I think that would be a record uh, arbitration deal, and based upon this season, I probably wouldn't get it, but it's going to be over 20, I would think. Yeah, yeah, it's $17 million and now. Um, he's coming off second in the MVP in 21. Um, 
Yeah. And he, I mean, he, he is at a 901 OPS right now. He's got 20 homers. So we'll, we'll see what his back second half of the season looks like. But um, if he gets to 100 ribs, if he has a good second half and gets to 100 ribs, yeah, he, he might get that 25 to 30 million. So apparently the largest. Uh, arbitration award was in 2018, and that went to Mookie Betts for $27 million. Jeez. In what year? Uh, I think that was 2018. 18, and then they traded him yeah. the next year. Yeah. I, I guess that was before free agency, right? And then Dodgers signed him long-term. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you'd have to think that Soto would go to one of the, the teams, either New York team or the Dodgers or something like that. Yeah, maybe the Angels will pay him, too. They pay, they pay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Michael Gibbons, uh, the the relief pitcher for the Cubs, loses both ends of Saturday's doubleheader uh, against the Mets and didn't, didn't give up a run. <laughs> Boy, you talk about snake bit, huh? Yeah, no kidding, man. How the hell's that happen? Uh, I think some of it has to do with that ghost runner in extra innings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget about that. Yeah. I forget about that. Um, then the Major League Draft was held. Yeah, last night. Uh, Jackson Holiday, um, Matt Holiday's son, number one overall yeah. high school kid. Yeah, yeah. Hard to believe that uh, Matt Holiday already has a kid that's going to be a you know first round draft choice, right? I mean, he just retired a couple years ago. Yeah. So I looked it up, and he broke uh, the JT Realmuto state record for homers, high school. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. 17. 17 homers in one year. Wow. Yeah. And, he, and he's a shortstop. And he was selected by the, the Orioles, right? Yep, the Orioles, who who uh, have been apparently have been doing well with their selections because they brought some of these guys up and they're playing well and they're at 500. So, um, And then Andrew Jones' son, Drew, gets selected second by the Diamondbacks. I think so. Yeah. That's a great question. Is that who it was? The yeah. Diamondbacks? Diamondbacks. Okay. And then um, our man, Kumar Rocker, who we've talked about going in the second or third or fourth round, got drafted third overall. So we <laughs> – Yeah, I, I missed on that. I said I said back half of, of the first round. So I was off by, you know, a good 15 picks. But here's what's interesting, right, is that the Texas Rangers – selected Kumar Rocker, and, and last year um, their first draft choice was with Jack Leiter, and both Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker pitched together at Vanderbilt. Yeah, so I feel like this is a good pick at three. Um, you know, if, if one of those two guys dropped, I'm sure that they would have picked one of the Holiday or Jones, but, you know, you get a guy that's a college pitcher, it, it, it Granted, if he's healthy, in which I'm sure they had, you know, medical people look at him. He's pitched in an independent league this year, so he's throwing. He's probably going to be up this time next year. Everything goes well, right? So you get like a major league, close to major league ready pitcher for the third pick in the draft is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Because there weren't as many um, arms out there. It was really at least the first five, six picks was really about position players. And here's a person for you to remember because you, you're a quasi-Pirates fan, right? Yeah. 
their their first pick was Tamar Johnson, and apparently, yeah. uh, according to scouts, this guy has a 70 grade hit tool. And wow. I, I've heard comps, which you know, you, you got to be very careful of comps because people get yeah. really excited, yeah. and it's not really fair to the player. But apparently, he he has the best hit tool since Ken Griffey Jr. Okay, that's a pretty big deal. It, it, that that's a huge big deal, and it's, it's it's that you know that that's hard to put on a player, isn't it? Even you fall half short on that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty good player. So you know, you look for him in your twenty 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 six uh, draft choice. Yeah, he's a high school kid, so yeah, he is. Yeah. So yeah, that four years, yeah, twenty six, twenty seven. That's yeah. probably what we're looking at. All right. Um, and then I think they only did the first round, which includes the first round, the compensation picks, and the competitive balance picks, which is yeah. like 35 or 36 draft picks, right? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, I do have a twib note this week brought to you by Schaefer. Okay. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. Uh, and you're going to be proud of yourself. It's going to make you tear up a little bit. But I think I've crossed the line to become a devout craft beer drinker now. <laughs> a true believer. I am. Hospitalized. So let me explain. Two family get-togethers recently. Um, they had beer there. Uh, Coors Light, Miller Light, Paps. I drank water. I did not have one beer. I just couldn't do it. Yep. Got into a conversation so, with a couple of my cousins, and I'm like, yeah, I, I just can't do that, man. I, I, yeah. I invited him out. I, I, I extended an open invitation. I'll pay for everything. Text me when wow. you're ready. I'll meet you. A couple, you know, I'll pick a place. We'll go. And then kind of ease into it. Hey, let me ask you a question. Does that offer extend to me? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. You you can come along. Okay. Yeah. Um, You'll pick up and pay for it. Yeah. Sure. Why not? All right. So All right. Wow. I, did, I appreciate that. I did tell them like when when you when you venture down this path, you need some social support because you you'll, you'll want to run back right away. But just you need some social support. I, I offered that for them as they as they um, you know experience different types of flavors. Uh, so if I can just hearken back a little bit, uh, this is the same guy, you, mm -hmm. being the same guy that in 2018, when we had a championship party at, at, at my house, yes, um, you you came over to me kind of uh, furtively and said, hey, do you got any beer that doesn't have any saffron in it? <laughs> I think I might have said that. Yeah. And look, look, look at the person you are today. It, it does bring a tear to my eye. So what, as I was thinking through this um, and I was making the notes for this week, I, I actually felt like you'd be a really good cult leader. <laughs> what, telling everybody to drink the beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right there, Jim Jones. Anyway, uh, and, hey, and then Rick kind of explained that, that New Zealand IPA that I had. So apparently there's New Zealand hops. And that's what that's where that flavor comes from. So it might have been yeah. a little different. And I, after he said that, 
I, I did look, and I have one in my um, in my fridge that I'm gonna I am gonna try this week, uh, and I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try it again. I uh, yeah, I remember I I had I had questioned what were New Zealand hops, and yeah. Rick texted to me that it drives flavor. So, you know, good for Rick for uh, setting us straight on beer. And uh, hey, Rick, when you listen to this, give us a beer to try um, over the next month or so. That yeah. you found. So I, I, I did. Ha- I looked, and I do have another New Zealand IPA. So I'm, I'm going to give it a shot again. Okay. All right. Uh, podcast correction from last week: the Tri Valley, Tri City yeah. Valley Cats. Do you, want me, do you want me to talk about this? Yeah, go ahead. So last week in the podcast, we talked about uh, Kumar Rocker, and we were saying that he was playing for Tri Valley, uh, Tri City. Tri City, yeah. Tri City. And uh, you said it's it's got to be in the Midwest because it's you know it's not on the East Coast and it's not on the West Coast. Well, I looked it up, and Tri City actually refers to the three cities of Albany, Schenectady, and Troy, New York. Okay. So so, so um, if we were taking a geography test, and we know how that goes in the Bush League, <laughs> we would have lost them. We would have missed on that one. Uh, where and I I have no familiarity with the cities in new york okay where is that uh connected uh, all right so if you take the hudson river you're familiar with the hudson river i am okay which flows down into uh into new york the dividing line between new jersey and new york city if you go up the uh the hudson river uh, about an hour and a half or two hours um albany and schenectady are, are are north there um which is considered i guess upstate new york but you know, uh, I, I've often joked that um, anything north of the Tappan Zee Bridge is considered upstate New York. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Now, now I got it. Yeah. So we were way off on that. Well, well, well I be careful of your pro- be careful of your pronouns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Sorry. <laughs> and uh, Pete Incavillo. I didn't say anything because I was just, I just wanted to remain ignorant, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> Pete Incavillo is the manager there. Yes. Okay. Hinky, hinky, right. yeah. All right, what are you walking off with? All right, so I'm going to walk off with uh, an off-topic baseball question for you, Chief, that I just saw recently. That um, This has to do with college sports, which you are by far more knowledgeable than I ever will be. Um, I just saw that USC, University of Southern California, and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think it's ridiculous. It's stupid. And, Why do you say that? All right. So it, it, they're they're moving the Big Ten because of two sports, football and basketball. But and probably football first. Uh, yeah, maybe. But you know the basket the the Pac twelve isn't as is competitive um, basketball wise, and now you can. Now UCLA and USC, it's it's stupid for a couple reasons. One is the Big Ten should never let them in, because now the two the UCLA and USC coaches can recruit Chicago, can recruit Detroit, can recruit uh, Ohio, and get kids to come and say, hey, don't worry, we we come back nine times a year. Your parents can come see it. You know, you, you're UCLA and you go to Chicago and recruit somebody and the parent says, well, I'll never get to see my son play. What's your answer? Well, now you got an answer. So the Big Ten allowed him in. Stupid. None of those can coaches. I give, can I give those... you 50 million reasons why? <laughs> um, 
It's not so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see when those coaches get fired. Yeah, because they, they, they're not competing. You know, you can say, hey, you, your parents can see you, but you can, you, can, you can live in sun every day instead of the mm-hmm. Detroit-Chicago winners. Which one do you want to do? And your parents can see you the same amount of times. Yeah. So, I, I, <clears throat> yeah, I get the money. But when the coaches get fired by the presidents who took the money, we'll, we'll see how happy everyone is then. Um, and then the NCAA, it, 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 that's why I'm, I, I didn't renew my pit tickets this year because I'm so disgusted with the NIL thing and this the, these conference. I don't know if you call it a conference. It's an affiliation. I don't even know what you call it. it it's, it's, it's not pro sports. And now it's turned into pro sports. Everybody thinks it's cool that they're going to get paid, but when a kid transfers three times because they can make more money somewhere else, there's no continuity. And, and sports fans like some semblance of continuity and and history. And I, I, I think it's just going to ruin it all. Okay, so first of all, I, I love your uh, passion to plea there because I don't feel that that – that strongly, and uh, I prefer a state of anarchy in college sports because I think it's all f- for the money. So I appreciate that you have uh, the fans' view of, of of things, and I think that's that's perfectly reasonable. Um, but but I think the, the 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 days of you know the Olympics being um, pure amateur and college sports being pure amateur, I, I think those days have have gone. Like you said, with the uh, NIL and. NCAA knew this was going to happen a long time ago, and they could have taken steps to kind of mitigate this and, and slowly transition pe- people in this. Um, th- they missed that opportunity. So at, at this point, it, it, it's going to be a basically uh, uh, a, a light professional league, right? And second of all, I like the fact that you've canceled your tickets. Why, why is that again? You just don't like – you just kind of canceled it because you don't like the whole transitioning of – of college sports into almost professional? Well, a couple things. One is I did, when they called, I, I called them. And it's like, I'm not renewing. And then a month later, I renewed. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I had my little hissy fit. And then I thought, all right, I, I still like going out to see my buddies and stuff. So, yeah, anyway, but doesn't it feel good to have that hissy fit to be righteous for good. at least a moment? It did. Until reality sets back in? It did feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Yeah. I had my little hissy fit. Then I, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll join. So anyway, um, but yeah, I, I, I get annoyed by it. And, and I think if you would relate it to something you like, I think you would get annoyed as well. Well, here's the secret: is don't like many things anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, think, uh, I want, think about it this go way: ahead. think think about if all of all of Major League Baseball was on one-year contracts. That's what we're looking at. That's what college sports is. Uh, you know, at, at some point, we we need to explore this. Maybe in the offseason, because I I don't know. I I've, I've abandoned college sports um, yeah, I'll be that, back I get it that's what, four that, or five years ago so 
my, my point is, is that I, I don't know what's going on in terms of this whole transfer rule because I, I, I keep reading things about it, and I know you've mentioned it. So at some point, later point, you're going to have to um, explain that to me. Well, that's what I'm saying. You have to relate it to something that you like. All right, so uh, who, who, who's that third baseman for the Cardinals, the, the one in the minor leagues, Jordan? Jordan Walker? Well, Jordan Walker. Yeah. So what if he, he said, hey, I'm, I'm transferring, I'm going to the Yankees? Right? Yeah. And you'd be like, well, wait a minute. No, we drafted you. You, No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm transferring to the Yankees because they're going to give me more money. And, and what if everyone did that? Because that's what college sports is. They're one-year contracts. You can get up and move anytime you want. Yeah. Um, so, yes. I, do you see how that could present? You, you, you know, there's, there's responsibility with freedom. No, I, I absolutely, in this day and age, I absolutely get that. Yeah. So if, if, base, if baseball was, pro baseball was under one-year contracts, everybody had a one-year contract, it would be total chaos. It would, I don't even think we'd have, I, I don't know if I'd even watch it. Um, yes. I mean, that was, interestingly enough, Charlie Finley, Back in the early days of free agencies, we're going back, uh, way back into the late '60s. Now, when when the players' union was just starting to become uh, was 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 formed, um, Marvin Miller um, figured this out, right? And and this is why baseball players restricted free agency. They wanted um, players to have what three, four, or five years of service because they knew that if they did exactly what you're talking about, which is make everybody a free agent every year, it would drive down salaries and Charlie Finley is the one that said hey make everybody a free agent every year and we'll keep salaries down yeah well that's not happening in college football well it isn't college football I mean it, it, it's it, it's first of all driven by by my I, I guess I don't get yeah I guess I get some of it why, why, why it's so popular um, and I would ask Bushley Goners because we have a couple of Penn State alum there um, what they think of this move to have USC and UCLA in the Big Ten because it's gonna it's gonna cause other mo- uh, moves, right? Well, apparently we already know, we already know that the uh, SEC is gonna have Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, the only one that doesn't want to switch teams or add teams is the ACC. <laughs> Thirty and thirty, the only teams that haven't moved. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So what's your prediction for college sports? Do you think it's going to ruin college sports, or do you think it's going to continue to thrive? I, I think it's going to whittle it down to about 10 schools. Basketball is a little different. Basketball is different in a sense that there's only five players. If you got one good player, you can make a run in that tournament. In football, you, you, you can't live off of one player. Um, so I, I think it's going to whittle it down to about – Maybe ten teams, maybe. Isn't it already there? Yeah, it's it's get yeah, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, we'll we'll see in the next couple of years when Saban retires and and uh, you know whatever he, you know whatever Obi Wan Kenobi type of recruiting he does where he gets everyone. Um, so and that that you know it it would be tough to replace that. But anyway, I, I think it's about ten teams at the beginning of the year that have a shot of making the playoffs. All right, all right. Um, I'm glad I brought that up. What are you going to walk off with? I th- I think that's enough. 
Like I'm exhausted. <laughs> okay, everybody, text us what you think about uh, that specific off-topic subject. But no, I appreciate your uh, your fervor uh, on this subject because yeah, you are a a big college fan, and uh, one day when you're buying me those free beers. Um, you'll have to tell me what's going on with college sports and the reasons for it, that it's, it's causing the ruination of college sports. Well, so, let, let, um, let me just get on my soapbox, and then I'll end it here. Please, And this is please. I, I don't know if I'm kind of built like this or the military's kind of reinforced how I was built. I think, I'm, I think if I – I think I was always built like this, and you, you, you'll see what I'm talking about. If – when people – serve self before they serve the larger then nothing ever good comes out of it. It, it and that's what we see we're seeing now we're, we're seeing people not concerned about the larger organization but concerned with themselves and i i, th- I think it's bad in general uh, and you, uh, you can apply that to every organization you could possibly think of right down from the family all the way up to Google. Um, I, I, I would tend to agree with you on, on that. Um, but I, I would say that let's, let's take it more myopically in terms of college sports. Um, I, I, I don't think the organization really ever concerned themselves with the individuals. And because of that, it, it's now starting to, to balance the scales. And yeah, I don't know if the pendulum has swung too far in the favor of individuals, but but I think there has been a long history of institutions and organizations um, abusing um, those individuals. So, you know, a little bit of this is comeuppance for uh, schools and the NCAA at large. So you don't think the coaches had any interest in the players? No. No, um, if, if you're an NCAA athlete, right, and you commit to a school, right, and you get hurt, you could lose that scholarship. Now where are you? See, what, what the NCAA should have done was guarantee that, hey, if you – whatever you uh, – this player signs for, if it's a, a, a full scholarship sport like basketball or football, those type of things, that should be guaranteed for at least four years. But there's no guarantee because – all they were concerned about was the winning. They weren't concerned about the person's future. So now that the tables have turned, everybody is in an uproar about the individuals and that there's no loyalty. Well, it's kind of got to go both ways, doesn't it? I don't, I've, I've not experienced or witnessed any player that got injured that lost their scholarship. Really? Okay. That's it's 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 always right. Those 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 scholarships are year to year. They're not guaranteed. Uh, some are year to year. And 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 some then are. I I think almost all of them are are year to year. And then why shouldn't players make money? Because if you think about a Saturday afternoon at State College, where the coaches on the field are making money, and the referees are making money. And the people selling stuff in the stands are making money, and the broadcasters are making money. The only people that aren't making money are the people playing, which is who they're coming to see. Again, I, I think it's a bit of a comeuppance for college sports because they've really lost their way in what they're supposed to do. 
right and supposed to be. If if they want to have a professional, it, it's it's almost a call, isn't it? Really, almost a call for a minor league system that is, that is funded by the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball, which I know in the case of the NFL is never going to happen. But I, I, I kind of like saying it, honestly. So and I, I apologize because I, I know you're a big it, college fan, and we see things differently, which is okay. It won't work as a as a pro system. And this is what I'm trying to explain to you. When when this thing starts breaking down, and it people go to the games not necessarily because of the players, but because of the school. So when when you say about you know it, it's it's like a minor league system, people don't go to the minor leagues because there's no emotional attachment to anything. It's just something to do on a Tuesday night. They, the people spend the money. Because of the school. And when there's no continuity, then, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to implode. Yeah, I, I think we both, we both will agree on that. It's, it's headed down that particular road. And, you know, there'll, there'll be a couple super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC, and then there'll be all these other conferences, right? But is, is, that, is, is that really a bad thing? Maybe these other conferences then really become like an Ivy League. I mean, nobody has said that these conferences need to be big or small, and nobody said that they have to have guaranteed television contracts to, to start all of this. So maybe, maybe in, in a way, it, it, it forces college sports to be one or the other, and the other being that it goes back to its original roots of, of being small-time, um, just fan interest. But, but let's be honest, a lot of the fan interest has perpetuated uh, a lot of this this money and television uh, contracts. Yeah, the only reason they have television because people will watch it. Yeah, because they're fans. Yeah, and they they're, they're fans of the school. That's why they keep coming back. That's yeah. You know, the kids rotate through every three years. They keep coming back because of the school. That's why they um, come back. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I, I wonder how many you know how many fans are really. Like uh, our our graduates of that school, and how many are just like, for instance, Alabama? I'm sure the number of fans that they have outstrips the number of of of, of graduates they have from the school, right? Because well, people Penn just like, like the winning team. Yeah, the yeah. the middle of the state is well, two thirds of the state are like that, and yeah, they have no, but yeah. they've developed an emotional attachment over over time. I don't think that'll so, that that'll continue if if these kids keep, you know, uh, a school like Pitt takes a chance on uh, a player. Uh, I'll give you an example, like Lashawn McCoy. The only reason Lashawn McCoy played Division One football is because Pitt took a chance on him. He he hurt his knee his senior year. Miami pulled his commitment. Um, USC pulled the commitment, and he he didn't have anywhere left to go. Um. I, I, I don't know the player, but I, I, I think, you know, there's, it's, it's at least there's nowhere else to go. It, it might be a little bit self-serving by, by Pitt to say that because they I, probably I, I needed a position that. filled. I, I and yeah. so they took a chance. Yeah, they took a chance on them. Yeah, but, but if they didn't take the chance, wouldn't another school take a chance also? Um, I don't know, Jamie. They signed them in June. Yeah, I, I, I guess my point is 
is, is, is that uh, a lot of these schools aren't doing it for the altruistic purposes. Uh, there, there's, there's a financial gain and a significant one for them, um, more so than the normal students. And, you know, um, I, I think this, this whole NIL it has started, we started to see that. And I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. So it could be the end of college sports is the way we know it, but it, it'll still survive. It'll be fine. I don't think you'll, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Trust me. You'll you'll still have your you'll still you'll still get your uh, Pitt Panther tickets. And all right, three years from now, five years from now, you tell me if if it, it won't be fine. Yeah, I'm other, here. I'm here to calm you down. So the other thing that irritated me is it's they they went to that Peach Bowl, which is like the December 31st. Bowl. It was like a big bowl, <laughs> right? It's the first time been to a large bowl game in probably 12 years, and that they put a seat license on now Oof. it was only 200 bucks but it's still the point and you wait and okay we so lost, what does that mean and, tell, and, tell me what that means a seat on. license on it so the tickets are 17 dollars a piece but i gotta pay 200 dollars a piece on top of the 17 times 7 right and what irritated me more and i think i actually said this on the phone to the like intern that was working there like a jerk i did <laughs> That's okay. I'm like, you're charging me $400 more, and we lost a Blitnikoff winner to USC. So where the hell's the money going? Hmm. That's my point. The kid was not recruited by anyone. He comes here, gets coached up, wins the Blitnikoff award because he's with Pickett, and then he leaves to go to USC for $4 million. Tell me how that's... Oh, it almost came out. Uh, never mind. <laughs> hey, we went way over here. We did. Um, uh, I'm, I'm glad we had a good uh, glad we had a good walk off here. Maybe we can talk on the last sports podcast. Maybe they can talk about this too and get their take on it. I need a nap. <laughs> yeah, you might have hurt something. You might you might want to sit down for a little bit. I'm, I've been standing the last ten minutes because <laughs> I've been irritated. All right. Uh, so we're back on next Sunday, I think. Yeah, next Sunday because I'll be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, and I can't wait to uh, um, to hear Southern Tier in Pittsburgh also. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Okay. I went to the All Southern right. Tier in Cleveland too. And what'd you think? Eh. Eh. Wow. Okay. It was wow. Right. Nothing great. All right. Very good. Very yeah. good. All right. It is what it is. All right, All right Chief. Uh, you have a good week. I'll see you next Sunday. You got it. See you. 